Hey everyone, welcome to the Blessed Hope Podcast. I'm your host, JL, and today we're doing part one in our series, Who I Am. So with that said, let's jump on into it. And yes, I'm your host, JL. This is the Blessed Hope Podcast. This is the podcast designed for the believer to help encourage them in the times that we live in. If you're a non-believer, then we are also are here to help share the gospel with you and tell you about the loving Savior, Jesus Christ, that we have. But to aim this, this is for believers. If you are out there and you just feel that everything's just going bad and you just don't know what the world and where the world is going, just know that this is what was supposed to happen. This podcast is not about tickling ears. We're not here to tell you everything's going to be dandy in your life. That you're not going to have trials. No nonsense. We're here to tell you the truth. And the truth is that things are going to get worse before they get better. However, we have a blessed hope. And that blessed hope is found in Titus chapter 2. And, and to encourage one another daily with it. And, and what is that blessed hope? That's Jesus Christ is coming back one day. And as we see the signs of his return, we can know that he's coming back. For people who are adamantly against this, it, it, I like to use the reference. It's like Jaws. You hear that? Da-dun. Uh-oh. Israel's a nation again. Da-dun. Oh, they have Jerusalem. Da-dun. There's persecution getting worse for the believers and, and, and for and the Jews. Da-dun. The world's coming united. Da-dun. Things are going into chaos. Da-dun. And it just gets faster and faster as we watch prophecies start coming true. And we know that, guess what? Our Lord is coming back. So with that said, I just wanted to throw that out there that this is what that podcast is all about. We are about getting you through the ninth round, the fourth quarter, the 18th hole, and whatever... Whatever other sports analogy you want to use, we're here to help encourage you to get you through. Run the good race. We're not out of here yet. And so today we start our new series called Who I Am. And it's a three-part series. The next three weeks we are going to be hitting this to end our first season um, of the Blessed Hope Podcast. I do want to talk a little bit about that. I was having to do some serious prayer and thought about it. And I'm going to be honest, guys. And gals, I, I didn't want. I just wanted to keep going through and and have one big season permanently, just being the podcast and just keep going and keep going. But I realized that one, you guys would need a chance to possibly go back and be good brands and check our episodes. But then I needed to go and make sure that I'm preparing correctly the next set of episodes. And so we will be taking a break. Do not worry. It will only be a short break. It'll be just through the holidays. And don't think that I'm just chilling because no, we're getting prepped. I can tell you right now, we're already getting the first two episodes ready for next season. I'm, I'm super stoked. It's going to be great. Can't wait. But with that said, I want to bring up what this Who I Am series is all about. We've had people who have asked going, where is God in all this? And I'm here to tell you, he's here as he was in the Old Testament, as he is in the New Testament, as he was before there, and he will be now. There are people out there who will say things that are not so about God. And that's why we are going to set 
the record straight. We're going to find out who he is. We're going to find out who I am. Let's go find out who this I am is. And so with that said, this is part one of the Who I Am series. And we're back. This is episode one of the Who I Am series that we are doing. And I just want one more time just to say why we're doing this. It's because we've had so many questions of people in just comments and and just doubt on who is this God that we have. So we got to a point where we were like, hey, we, we got to do something on this. We, this who I am. So that's what it's all about. Who is this I am? Well, there are many people out there who say something like, well, uh, um, just to let you know, the God of the Old Testament is completely different than the God of the New Testament. Uh, they're completely two different people. And I'm here to tell you right now, we're going to put that to the test. And that's garbage. No. The God of the Old Testament is the same as God of the New Testament as God will be in the end. And we are going to test that now. This first episode, we're looking at who God was during the Old Testament. Next week will be who God was during the New Testament. And then finally, we're going to look at, in the final episode, we're going to look at who God is right now and as we move into the end times. So, strap it up, get ready to rock and roll, pause the um, the, the episode, the podcast, go get pen and paper. You're going to need it. We are going to be throwing quickly with Bible verses. And I'm going to be throwing some addresses without going to some Bible verses, but we're typically going to be hitting, typically we're going to hit every one of them, but I'm, we're going to be moving with the purpose. And I, I say this a lot, but guys, I'm, I'm going to be honest. This is not an exhaustive list. These are just certain key points that I have identified and I've said, whoa, let's look at them. And we're going to see the similarities in God in the Old Testament with God in the New Testament, God in the end. How there's just an even flow going across. This is not a list of showing the incarnations of Jesus Christ. There are plenty of that in the Old Testament. Go to Joshua, go to in Genesis, you can go to Exodus. There are, um, oh, so many more. Oh, um, one of them, I mean, just go look at what happened with Gideon. I mean, the, 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 the Lord shows up there. No, there are so many times we see the incarnation of Jesus Christ, or as the, if you want to the Christianese, the pre-incarnate Christ. Basically, all that's trying to say is before he's born in the virgin birth with Mary. So this is going over his character as because you can't just say, oh, it's Jesus. Because that's only one part. So you have the Holy Spirit and the Father still. So we're going to treat this as the Trinity. Who is he? And you know, my, what I'm kind of, whenever someone tells me, they're like, who is this God? Who is this? And I, and I think of Moses. And when, when he, he was asking the fiery bush, like, who, who, who do I say? So let's go to that. Exodus chapter 3. And I'm just going to start right at verse 10. Now, mind you, just to kind of throw it out there, Moses has seen this burning bush and it's not burning up. And he's like, whoa, I got to go check this out. So he walks over there. 
Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I, that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with you, and this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? I'm going to pause right there for a moment. This next part has always hit me. It has always hit me. And I'll explain why in a second. Verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said to Moses, or and he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Guys, the I am, he is everything that we need, everything we desire, everything about that. He is it. There are so many things of his greatness that I see in scripture and, and I see that he's done in my own life, but then I see in scripture and I go, wow, this is an amazing God. The major Bible themes by Schaefer and Wolverine have a very interesting take on one aspect of this that I want to read to you guys. So this comes from their God, the Trinity chapter, and um, it's a great book. Should definitely read it. Don't agree with everything in it. There's a couple areas that I definitely would see some room for um, discussion. I would go with that. But as for this part, I think they're solid. In general, early in yes, in general, the Old Testament emphasizes the unity of God. Exodus um, chapter twenty verse three, Deuteronomy chapter six verse four, Isaiah forty four or chapter forty four verse six. In fact, which is also taught in the New Testament. John 10, 30, John 14, 9, John 17, 11, John 22, John 23, Colossians 1, 15. Both the Old Testament and the greater extent the New Testament, however, also indicate that God exists as a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Many believe that the doctrine of the trinity is implicit in the use of the word Elohim. As a name for God, which is in plural form, seems to refer to the triune God. Early in Genesis, there are references to the Spirit of God, and the plural personal pronouns are used for God as the Genesis, or as in Genesis chapter one verse twenty-six, Genesis chapter three verse twenty-two, and Genesis chapter eleven verse seven. Frequently in the Old Testament, there are distinctions within the nature of God in terms of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Isaiah chapter seven verse fourteen speaks of the Son as the Emmanuel, God with us who was to be distinct from the Father and the Spirit. The Son is called in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In Psalm 2, 7, God the Father referred to as I indicates that it is his purpose to have his Son as the supreme sovereign over the earth. Just as the Father and the Son are distinguished, so is God also distinguished from the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 104, 30, where the Lord God sends his Spirit, to these evidences may be added all the references to the angel of sorry about that we had a, a quick little mess up 
Um, but it goes back, maybe added all the references to the angel of Jehovah, which indicate the appearances of the Son of God in the Old Testament as one sent by the Father and the references to the Spirit of the Lord as the Holy Spirit, distinct from the Father and the Son. And with that, I want us to understand that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one and the same. This is a hard concept to understand, but they are all separate in their personality, yet all one together in their personality. Everything is one and yet separated in their uniqueness. Yet, we can see the character of God goes throughout all three. And that's what we're going to discuss tonight. And we're only doing the Old Testament. So you might be wondering to yourself, why? And the reason why is because we want to show the distinctness of God, the uh, God, triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in the Old Testament. And we're going to see the characteristics of him described in the New Testament. And then later on, at the end times, we're going to see how it's all the same. Never changed. Who I am is the same. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And we're going to find out how true that is. So with that said, let's jump into some more Bible verses. And we're going to discuss the six key areas that I've that we can see. And we can see that God has um, some serious character. I would go with foundations that we can lean on. So with that, let's jump into it. Okay, so these six, I'm going to give you the Bible verses real quick about them. And I'm going to give you the, the distinctions and then we're going to go from there. So we're going to find out today that the I am your provider. I am your healer. I am your banner. I am your peace. I am your shepherd. I am your righteousness. So these six are the ones we're looking at. And I really, really want to state the, the character characteristics within them. So let's go with the very first one. I am your provider. Genesis chapter two, verse 13 through 14. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked and behold, behind him, a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham called the name of this, of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, the amount of the Lord will be provided. In the amount of the Lord, it will be provided. Okay, pause right there. Anyone here has ever, ever, ever seen a ram, a goat, you know that they don't get their horns stuck in anything. So this was definitely a supernatural aspect of God providing. And, and, and if you think that is a one-time thing, let's look at Psalm 54, 4. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my soul. So it, it's not just him helping us in our physical attributes, but also our spiritual. Many people like to say that God of the Old Testament was very harsh, cruel, and mean. And yet we're finding out as we read no, he wasn't. And he was as much worried about the the spirit and the soul of the individual as he is in the New Testament with Jesus talking. As we just saw in Psalm 54, 4, which I'll read again. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the, the sustainer of my soul. Yet that's not enough. Let's check out one more. 
Psalm 34, 10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. The Lord is all about wanting us to have what is good. Many people think what is good is what they desire but and what the world wants and what they personally want. I'm here to tell you right now, no, that's sin. You're missing the mark. But we need to have, be wanting what he wants, what he wants to show us and what he wants to give us. All you have to do, we're going to check out Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Amen. The Lord wants to provide. He's not about just having us be wandering around, stubbing our toe and, and just hating life. No, the Lord's going to provide. That doesn't mean that you're not going to go through trials. As we know you do. I mean, that's simple. Go look outside. But if you want more, Jesus promised that. Jesus, nowhere in the scripture do you see it saying, oh, well, if you follow me, it's going to be easy. It's going to be a walk in the park. No, never. The New Testament we will discuss more about this, but I do want to make one quick reference in the Old Testament. If you look at the Old Testament, have you? do you ever see anywhere in there where there's not adversity, trials, and tribulation? No. It's never like one whole chapter, and everything was just swell. They kind of just did what they wanted, and everything was just swell. Nonsense. There's always something going on. One bad guy's taken out, another one pops up. It's like whack-a-mole. And sometimes the bad guy is our own sinful desires. So if if you think oh there's no more bad guys around, look in the mirror, you've got one, you got something to deal with. But that's the coolest thing is we know that the Lord is healing us. So our next one of going over the characteristic of God in the Old Testament is Exodus chapter fifteen verse twenty six, and he said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight and give ear to His commandments and keep all of His statutes. I will put none of the diseases on which I have put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, am your healer. I want to pause right there. Something that, 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 that most people skip over when they read this is when he says, do if you heed the voice of the Lord. So if you listen to him, if you're in his word, and you do what is right in his sight, and you give ear to his commandments, so you have to be listening to him. You have to be in his word. You have to know him. It's just like a sh uh, with a shepherd, with his sheep. They know his voice. Well, how are you going to know his voice? You got to spend time with him. So many people go out here today and go, oh, the Lord's calling me to go do this. When in actuality, he's not. You need to be in his scripture. You need to be studying his word. You need to be following him. And, 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 and listening to every little thing he's telling you in the scripture. So when the time comes and you're going, hmm, I don't know what he's calling me to do. You can just sit there, pray, meditate, read his word. And guess what? You're going to hear this tap, tap, tap on your shoulder and say, hey, go that way. That's what I want. That's what you're going to hear. But moving on, the last part of this, it says, for I, the Lord, am your healer. As much as I wanted to jump to New Testament, I'm not. But there are so many Bible verses describing the amazing miracles of Jesus. Yet we can see the amazing miracles in the Old Testament and what God did and what he has promised. 
Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are my praise. I am drawn to looking at Adam and Eve when they lost their first son. And the amount of the anguish, I, I, I can't even imagine what they went through. One, that's the first person who died. But second, I mean, it's your child. And Abel, when, and then the fact that Cain did it, I mean, oh, that must have just devastated them. And yet we see how the Lord loved and healed them. Not many times do you actually think of Adam and Eve when it comes to healing and the healing that they went through. But they did. And the fact that the Lord was there to help them through that. And then out comes Seth and so many others. I mean, the Lord, he provides and he heals. Exodus chapter 23, verse 25. But you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will remove sickness from your midst. We need to serve him. Many times we think that we are being attacked by the devil, by demons, by something supernatural. And I'm here to tell you right now, that's not true. We give the devil way too much credit in many areas, and in some areas we give him not enough credit. This is one area that we just give him way too much credit. Sometimes you, or in myself, are hurt due to we do stupid things. We do things in sin that cause us to hurt ourselves and others. Yet, we can see from right here that if we serve the Lord, He will be faithful and just to be able to heal us and remove that sickness. Then that might be when we pass away. There are some sins that will rec- that the 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 results are exactly that. They're results that you're stuck with until the end. But that doesn't mean that God won't heal you in the end. And so we have hope. Isaiah 53 verses 4 through 5. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. If you don't, you haven't figured it out yet, that's Jesus they're talking about there, Isaiah is. However, we can see that we are healed because of his affliction. So many people like to say in the Old Testament, God is just, he's just this jerk. This cosmic jerk who's just dropping atom bombs on everyone. Well, as we can see from here, he's promising to send his son who's going to take the sin and take the, the transgressions upon himself so we can be healed. It doesn't sound like this horrible, horrible Old Testament God. I actually love the Old Testament God, and I have found that that Old Testament God needs to be brought back into the New Testament believer. There are many times we should be going looking back in the Old Testament for scripture to answer things that we are at now. The New Testament is icing on the cake, whereas the cake is the Old Testament. The Old Testament is not only bigger, but it also has just as much importance as the New Testament. They go hand in hand. I used to be just a, a quick 
side note, I used to be one of those who actually believed that, oh, there are some books of the Bible, for instance, I'll give you two. There are some books of the Bible that I, I just thought that, oh, this, God's not under every rock. Jesus isn't under every rock. He's not, not everything going back to him. And now, thank the Lord, I have been, I have seen the the light. <laughs> I don't know a better way to say it, but I have seen it. And now I realize that no, behind every rock in the Old Testament is Jesus Christ. All you got to do is look at the book of Joshua. We'll start there. It's not only a historical book, a military book, uh, a civilization book, a political book. It is a book going over an allegory over how the Christian should be progressing in their faith and we're not designed to stay in the, the desert of sin, of sin and confess, sin and confess. We are to move through the Jordan to the milk and honey, moving to that amazing abundant life that we can have. So many people don't want to do that. So many people are against that. So many people just don't see it. And yet, it's right there. And I was one of them. The book of Haggai, same thing. I I can't wait. I'm kind of give you all a little sneak peek. We're going through the book of Haggai come season two. And man, we're going to, it's, it's, it's going to be incredible. I can't wait. But the book of Joshua and the book of Haggai were two books that I thought were just good historical books. And there was nothing that I could really think of for myself. And thank the Lord. He decided to fill me in and going, no, no jail. Um, actually they're very, very much applicable in your life and in any other believer's life during that time. However, there are times in our life that we might be asking questions and we go, Lord, please put someone in my life to be able to help with that. And we at the Blessed Hope Podcast want to be part of that. So if you do have questions, I want to open this up on how you can reach out to us. So with that, let's jump into that quick segment. Remember, if you ever want to reach out to the Blessed Hope Podcast, you can. All you have to do is email the Blessed Hope Podcast at gmail.com, the Blessed Hope Podcast at gmail.com. This is your area to send us comments, concerns, questions, or maybe you just want to say hi. You can also follow us on Twitter for daily updates at John Luke T, at John Luke T. And with that said, let's get back to the episode. And that is how you can reach us. I'm serious, guys. If you ever have questions, if you ever have worries, if you ever have anything, let us know. We at the Blessed Hope Podcast are all about trying to help you out. And with that said, that is also, if you are a new believer or let's say you've moved to a new area and you are looking for a church, we are here to help you find a church. Please send us an email, blessedhopepodcast at gmail.com, blessedhopepodcast at gmail.com. And what we will do is... We can set up and we will help you give us the parameters of the, the the miles you're willing to drive. And we're going to go out of our way to help provide a source 
for you to be able to go look at possible churches. We're going to go through the doctrinal statements. We'll call pastors. We'll go and ask them. We'll say, hey, we we're, we're, and we will never obviously bring up your name unless you want us to, but we're going to go out of our way to go, hey, we're, we're looking to see if this is a good, uh, a good church. Can you give us your doctrinal statement? Can we talk to your pastors? Well, we have questions on X, Y, and Z, 1, 2, 3, A, B, C. And then we'll give you a report going, hey, these are the, the churches that you should look into. In the end, it's up to you and what the Holy Spirit is guiding you. But these are the ones that we would point you from a hands-off pers- perspective. This We want to be able to provide that. So, And it's free of charge. We're, we're wanting to do everything we can to connect believers to Bible-believing churches and to steer you away from garbage. We know we are taking up a huge task by doing this. But guys, we're here to help. We want to blow the call and get the watchmen alerted. So with that said, please, 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 please reach out to us. Okay, now I want to get back to the topic at hand. So far, we've hit God is our provider. He's our healer but he's also our banner. And this is pretty cool because many people skip past this and I actually didn't want to. And here's my my reasoning why. God, there are times we need him to fight for us. There are, there's a pastor in Thailand that I heard recently going, no, justice is needed. It's not just his love. It's not just his, his, his forgiveness, but we need his justice. There are people out here who are crying out for justice. As we can read in Revelation, they're, they're, the martyrs will be um, at his, in, in his presence going, how long will you wait until you fix what has been done and that you bring justice and vengeance for us? And he says, just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. So there are times that we're going to need him as our banner. And one time we can see that. And that is in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 15. I'll give you a quick little kind of to understand this whole passage. Amalek was a bad, bad mojo. Bad guy. Not a good guy to ever be around. Did not, would not ever want to be around this guy. However, he was definitely against God. And so his team was hardcore, supernaturally empowered, and they were just bad. There are many people who think they might have been Nephilim. I uh, actually fall into that category. However, we're not going to get into that subject today. Maybe next, maybe next season we'll talk about Nephilim. But with that said, let's keep moving forward. Verse 8 of chapter 17 in Exodus. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose men for us and go out, fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed, and when he let it his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses but Moses's hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one, side on one, on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. 
So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write in this a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and named it, The Lord is my banner. There are times the Lord, as you can see right there, the Lord is all about not only winning, but he's going to do it decisively. He's going to protect us. He is going to go out and fight our battles for us. Spiritually, there are times he is going to do it. And physically, he is going to do it. There are times it is going to happen. And praise be to him that he does. There are times you guys we are going to want it. We're going to go, Lord, please, we, we, we know you love us. We know your, your, your healing power is there for us. But right now, we just need your vengeance. We need your justice. We need you to come down and just make it rain. And one day, that is, he's going to answer those prayers. He is going to come down and he's going to fight the injustice. And he is going to take names. Praise be to the Lord when he does. But there is more about the banner. So let's go. Psalm 60 verse 40. Or excuse me. Psalm 60 verse 4. You have given a banner to those who fear you, that it may be displayed because of the truth. Guys, this goes right back to our whole Armor of the God series. That his banner, when you got that, oh, oh, let the world be put on notice. Let the, the enemy put be put on notice. Let them know that who can stand against us when he is with us. And the answer, no one. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 4. He has brought me to his banquet hall, and his banner over me is love. Guys, his justice is not just about being taking the bad guy out. It's because he loves us. And now you might be wondering, what is this love? What is this love you're talking about? That's all New Testament. No, it's not. Like I said, Old Testament, New Testament, they are intertwined, perfect union. And as we can see here, his love is over us if we are in him. Just as Jesus, will, we will find out next week, says. How cool is that? Judges chapter 6, verse 24. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and named it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it is still in Oprah of Abiz. However, you say that. Yeah, <laughs> this this uh, Southern boy accent will not be able to pronunciate it correctly. So I'm just gonna give it my best swing. I'm gonna go Abizrites. And if you do speak Hebrew and you know how to properly say that, you now have our contact information. Please help educate me. But with that, let's let's keep moving forward. His banner gives us peace. And that leads into our next one here. Peace. And Jesus is not just peace, but God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and to come. He is our peace. Psalm 29, 11, The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. How cool is that? We have a God who loves us. We have a God who who wants to give us peace. We have a God who wants to do in us what he's been dying to do forever and to make us pure and perfect. Psalm 34, 14, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And whose peace we should be pursuing? His peace. Because he knows 
It is why we need to understand that. We must be blameless before the Lord. The Old Testament, New Testament, same thing. We must have someone to help us. And that only person who could do that is Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. Psalm 37, 37. Mark the blameless man and behold the upright. For the man of peace will have a will have a prosperity. And it it, it needs to be stated. It, but it, it needs to be stated, guys. I, I'm, I'm going to kind of reiterate this. It needs to be stated that we have to be blameless before the Lord. And that can't happen unless you have Christ. And, and even in the Old Testament, they had to be blameless. And there had to be that sacrifice. But it was all in pointing towards the ultimate sacrifice, which would be Jesus. While the Old Testament and the New Testament are in perfect sync, the Old Testament is pointing towards what happened in the New Testament. And the New Testament is all about one individual, Jesus Christ, the or the New Testament. The Old Testament is about pointing to that one individual and what is going to happen. So we can see this perfect harmony within that. And moving forward, we're going to be hitting, we're going to talk real quick about the Lord being our shepherd. But before that, let's go and do our podcast Bible verse of the day. Today's podcast Bible verse is Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. You are taught with regard to your formal way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That was our podcast Bible verse. I, I just love them. I know I say that every time. I just, I love them. But let's, well, we're going to keep moving forward. The Lord, the psalmist, the shepherd. Verse, and this is a very big one. Most people know this one. Psalm chapter 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And guys, the Lord, he's all about, and sometimes people might think, well, what is this shepherd? The shepherd is about security, about being there to protect us, being that refuge, being that that shelter, being that that protection protective border for us and there's way more description so let's go look at some of them psalm chapter 5 verse 11 but let all who take refuge in you be glad let them ever sing for joy and may you shelter them that those who love your name may exult in you guys gals let's look at this we're going to break this apart very first line but let all who take refuge in you be glad well the refuge, we have the security of the Lord. If we are in the Lord, we we are protected. We have that refuge. We are in his safety. And then because of that, we're going to be glad. I remember I was um, fortunate enough to be in a pretty secure house high on a hill during Hurricane Rita. And we had already kind of seen the devastation of what Hurricane Katrina could do. And Hurricane Rita, though, was on the west side of where we were living. So we were really getting that east side kick. And let me tell you, it was great being in refuge. We were actually able to enjoy ourselves a little bit. Us kids were kind of laughing and, and joking around. We were listening to the radio. We had one of those emergency ones. All, all Everyone slept in the living room that night. And it, we, it, was, a, it was a good time. 
of being able to be thankful for the Lord giving us that refuge that we had physically there. But moving on, there are times that we're going to sing for joy. The, the, just like in the New Testament, we, we can sing for joy. I'm reminded by David singing for joy and dancing. Yeah, right here, great example of it. And then the next line says, and may you shelter them. Guys, this is also about sheltering others. The Lord is about protecting. Even in the Old Testament, he wants to protect. And the final line, that those who love your name may exult in you. You must know him. You must know who I am. You may, they, that we need to love him and, and know him. That those who love your name may exult in you. We need to know him, to know his name. And then so we can exalt in him and we can be glad and we can have that shelter. Psalm chapter 12, verse 5. Because of the devastation of the afflicted, because of the groaning of the needy. Now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he longs. I really, 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 really like this verse. And the reason why is this. There are so many times you hear of this social justice gospel, the prosperity gospel, all of, oh, we need to be helping the needy and blah, blah, blah. And you know, hey guys, I'm all game. Yeah, we need to help the needy. We do. But let us not lose our first love. Let us not lose our first love. These people out here who typically are screaming and yelling for this are also saying that the Old Testament is done away with. And yet I can see this from right here, that the Lord I mean, this, this, you would, if I would not have said Psalm chapter 12, verse five, many people might've been thinking, oh, Jesus said this. And I'm here to tell you, no, no, it's not. So let's look at it again because of the devastation of the afflicted. And there's a lot of it out there, especially now because of the groaning of the needy, which there's a lot of it. Now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he longs. So he is going to be there for the needy. He's there for the helpless, for the poor, for the widow, for the orphan, for the, for the person who might be depressed, for the person who might be suffering, for the person who, who might just be struggling in their sin and repetitive and repetitive and repetitive. The Lord is there. Flee to him. Be Old Testament, New Testament. The Lord, if you flee to him, we can see the example after example after example. He is there as that refuge. How cool is our God that he does that? And you know why he does that? It's because he is righteous. He knows his children. He knows them. Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 through 8. <clears throat> Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he will reign as a king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. And in his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is his name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. Guys, how cool is that? That we are able to see that our Lord is righteous and he is that. Now, I'm going, this one has got a quick kicker we need to talk about. Because we're going to go down to verse 7. Therefore, behold, the days are coming. Oh, so we can see this is Jeremiah. The days are coming. 
declares the Lord, when they will no longer say, as the Lord lives, who brought them, brought up the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt. But, verse 8, but, as the Lord lives, who brought up and led back the descendants of the household of Israel from the north land and from all the countries where I had driven them, and they will live on their own soil. That happened in 1948 when they when Israel became a nation again. Guys, that prophecy <clears throat> has partially come true. The Lord has brought them back from everywhere. They are going home in droves. Praise the Lord because us as I'm I'm assuming that a majority of the people listening are Gentiles because of just let's look at statistics. Most of the world is Gentiles. But guys, gals, this is good news for us because he's keeping his promises to Israel. And if he's going to do that, then we will know that he's keeping his promises to us. I mean, the Lord is righteous. Well, because how do we know he's righteous? It's because he's bringing them home. We have seen that happen in our own lives. Glory be to God. This prophecy has happened in the last 70 years or now, excuse me, 71 years. We have seen this come true. Now, verse 5 part, verse 6, that's coming. And man, I can't wait for that. Cannot wait that I when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. That justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is his name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness, man, how cool is that going to be? And I'm just gonna let you know right now, that is the blessed hope. <laughs> that is the blessed hope. That is 100% Jesus Christ. And when he reigns, we, we can give him all the glory for when that day comes in the thousand year reign, physical reign in the millennium, Isaiah chapter 42 Verse 6, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. And I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations. Man, man, let's just, we're going to dig this thing apart. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. And I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. And I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations. So he goes, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. We can see the Lord is all about righteousness and that he is willing to watch over us. And there, and as a light to the nations, I mean, we already know that this is about Jesus Christ, but we are able to see that because of, because of his righteousness, because of his love, because of who he is, we are made pure. That the Lord, all the way back from the, even the Old Testament, he was about his righteousness. Many people think that, oh, the, the Old Testament, well, hold on. The, the Old Testament just ended and, and that God is gone. Well, Psalm chapter 112, verse 3 would disagree with you. Wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Forever. That doesn't say, and his righteousness endures until the end of the Old Testament. No. His righteousness endures forever. So the Old Testament is the same as the New Testament. But the cool news is, as we're going to find out next week, that 
that the Old Testament points to Jesus. So the who I am becomes not just a distant God, but he becomes even more intimate. And he's intimate in the Old Testament, but he's going to become so much more intimate. He's fully revealed in the New Testament. And that is going to be cool. But never let anyone ever tell you that that horrible blasphemous lie that God changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's two different guys. Absolutely 100% not. Don't ever let someone tells you that flee from them. They do not know what they're talking about because as what we can see from this right now that this characters, this characteristics that we have talked about tonight can clearly be seen in what we're going to discuss next week. But then also we're going to find out so much more in the coming week after this perfection and unity is all based off of his design and what he has wanted for he is I am he is what he is he is capable of only being what he is wrap your mind around that tonight as you drive to work and what you're doing remember that he is what he is and he is completely and only what he is and he is nothing less but all of what he is that's some real philosophy for you Now, with that said, I do want to make one quick comment. This is not an exhaustive list, as I've said already. And if you think that there is more in the Old Testament, go get in your Bible and look. And I'm going to tell you, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news. No, actually, I love being the bearer of bad news on this one. But I am right. There are more, 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 more verses, all describing our amazing, loving God, just in the Old Testament. Just in the Old Testament. Go to the book of Haggai. Go to the book of Joshua. Check them out. Go check out Joseph's relationship with God in Genesis. Go look at Daniel's relationship with God in Genesis. You are not in Genesis, but in the book of Daniel. Um, go look at Esther. And go look at what God did in Esther's life. And, and you can see what an amazing, everything he went through to be able to help save the Jewish nation. If you want to go check out um, another great story, go look at the story of Naomi and Ruth. Go look at the story of David and Bath, um, um, David and his uh, mighty 100 men. Go look at all these. There's so many different stories that we can see in the Old Testament where God is not only, he's the healer, he's the provider, he's the... He's uh, their banner. He is their shepherd. He is their righteousness. He provides for them. He is what he is. I am what I am. I am who I am. I am what I will always be. I can't describe our God any better than showing you his actions. You know, you might be thinking to yourself, well, he claims it a lot, but how do we know? How can we tell in our own lives today? And well, stick with us to episode three of this quick little series we're doing on on this and we'll show you. But with that said, I do want to discuss in our closing remarks, the big elephant in the room that we need to 
discuss. So that said, let's get into our closing remarks. Okay, and this has been our first part on this series. Hopefully you are enjoying the Who I Am series. I know we we hit a lot of Bible verses today, guys. We hit a lot. And next week we're going to hit probably even more, maybe even double the amount. But it's not because we're just trying to shoot Bible verses at you. We're trying to show you the consistency of God throughout time, throughout the cosmic story and play that we are in, that he has not changed. God loves you. God wants to be intimately in your life and to be your salvation. And if you're already saved, praise be to the Lord God Almighty. Go read the book of Haggai and you can see an Old Testament example of what God wants to be doing in your life to help build you, sustain you, and to make you to what you were designed to be. Now, if you're a non-believer, well, everything we brought up here is not for you. You're not saved. You're not one of us. You're not in the club. But you can be. And glory be to God, it's very, very simple. All you have to do is ask. And, and first, you, you got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. You got you, you to gotta know. You got to admit that you're a sinner. That you need to believe in Jesus and confess it with your mouth. And, 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 and turn away from what you've done. You might be saying right now, oh, I'm a good person. No, you're not. Romans 3, 23, for all, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if you have sinned in one part, you're guilty of everything. So you and myself are as guilty and the ground at the, the feet of the cross, it's, it's level. You and I are standing right next to Mussolini, Hitler, and so many other nasty people. So I would encourage you to do what I and other sinners and other wicked people have done. We have confessed, we've admitted, we've believed, and we've confessed. And if you're needing help with that, please reach out to us, the Blessed Hope Podcast at gmail.com. We are here to help you. But if, let's don't, don't wait. Don't wait. So let's pray now, and we're going to go from there. Oh, Father, I ask that you just forgive me my sins and be with me and, 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 and help me, oh, Lord. Come in my life. I, I admit I, I've messed up bad. Even if I, Lord, I, I, I might have had a good life in my own eyes, but I've messed up one time, then now I'm done. So, Lord, I ask that you forgive me and be with me and and mold me and turn me into what you'd have me be and, and, and help me, Lord. But please forgive me. I ask that you come into my life. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, please email us. We are here to help. We want to get you going in the right direction. We're not about saving you and then throwing you out to the wolves. We are going to help you not only get you in the right direction for and when it comes to scripture and Bible, but we're also going to get you plugged into a church. We're going to help you. So with that said, I want just to offer that up um, to help you. Glory be to God if you did come to a saving faith in him. Or if you do have more questions, please, please, please come to us. 
We would love to be able to talk to you. And with that, I do just want to say that this was our first episode of this. We're going to do the Who I Am Part 2 next week. We're going to be hitting New Testament. Until that time, remember to be a good Berean. Please go back and fact check all of our Bible verses. If you're not doing that, then you're not doing what the Lord commands us to be doing. So I would ask you to go back, fact check us. If you think that we have either misspoken or maybe you're like, JL, why didn't you bring up this one verse? This was huge. This is a big one. Please send it to us. We want to see. Uh, maybe either A, we, we skipped it because we're like, hey, we only got a short amount of time, or B, we didn't see it. And 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 I would love to be able to have that. And just to, I can know more about our loving God. So please help me be able to see it. Finally, share us. Get a get the word out there about Blessed Hope. Uh, there are so so many Christians that are down in the dumps because of the things that are going around us. And we shouldn't be. The more we see this world going to hell in a handbasket, the more we should be going, awesome. He's coming back quicker. Sweet. So with that said, let's get out, share the gospel. We're not done yet. We're in the ninth round. It's the fourth quarter. We're in the, we're in the red zone. Let's do this. Get it pumped. Get excited. Our God is a good God, and he is clearly with us and evidently loving us, and he's a provider. He's there as our banner. Let's hold him high. So with that said, I'm your host, JL. This is the Blessed Hope Podcast. I will see you guys next week as we finish, or as we do our second part to our three-part series, Who I Am. So with that said, this is the Blessed Hope Podcast. I'll see you next week, Lord willing. Remember, if you ever want to reach out to the Blessed Hope Podcast, you can. All you have to do is email the Blessed Hope Podcast at gmail.com, the Blessed Hope Podcast at gmail.com. This is your area to send us comments, concerns, questions, or maybe you just want to say hi. You can also follow us on Twitter for daily updates at John Luke T, at John Luke T. And with that said, let's get back to the episode.